Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins. We are going to have so much going down in this show, including unpacking that insane finish Ooh. that we just saw a little bit of in Boston. You know who else is stopping by the show? Hmm. Anthony Edwards Ant is stopping Ant by the show. The Ant-Man is joining us live in about 30 minutes, so you're not going to want to miss that. But back to that wild finish between Boston and the Nets. I want to relive it right now. What was the thing that stood out to you the most, Zach? About the game or the finish? I mean, <laughs> first, the finish, basically. I mean, we're all going to remember that finish forever. That's an all-time great first-round game. Really well played. I thought both teams played super well, super hard. It was a really fun game. Well, I want to relive it in the words of the players. So let's take a listen to what they had to say. I mean, you know, Smart regarding Kyrie. And, uh, you know, I went to go double. And it was kind of just a broken play. You know, you dribbled on one side to the other. Durant got the ball at the end. Uh, they, I saw the shot clock. You know, just tried to make it tough on them. And they, they pushed it. And uh, instead of calling a timeout, I thought we took away the first action. Jalen had uh, Dragic on him, and I love what he did. You know, pushing the pace, drawing four. Uh, I thought JD was going to go up initially, and he passed it out to Marcus. When I caught the ball, you know, we all thought Smart was going to shoot it. You know, last second shot just crashed the glass. Two guys fly at me, so I'm like, uh, take a pump fake and just head fake and dribbled in between the lanes. And I was left with two guys on the back side, so I had to make a choice. You know, but when he took that dribble, he just kind of made eye contact. Found JT and he made a great play to, to get the ball up in the glass. You know, I just had to make a layup. It doesn't get any better than that. A, a, a buzzer beater, you know, in a playoff, playoff game at home in front of our fans. 
All right, it's Monday after the postseason. You guys love the hoodie suit combo, so we thought we'd bring it back. But I want to mention something really quickly. Steve Nash talked about why Ime Odoka's team just went. The reason why they went is because they had one timeout. So hypothetically, if the Boston Celtics weren't going to score there and there was like four seconds to go and the Brooklyn Nets were able to shoot free throws, they would have one timeout to go. That would give them an opportunity to advance it. The Brooklyn Nets needed to know that. That's basketball hold one up, on hold one. Up, hold up. Before we get to the last play, Jalen Brown's layup with like 40 seconds left. But it's getting swept under the rug. It's getting okay, swept let's under talk the rug. About let's it roll, exactly. let's let's roll about to the it. tape. Let's talk about People it. were wondering, how does Jalen Brown get all the way to the rim with no help? That's why. Put your best player around an Al Horford screen. Nick Claxton is the only guy with any hope of distracting Jalen Brown at the rim. He's occupied up top by Jason Tatum. That's by design. That's just a decoy. It's not the play, and it worked perfectly. Did Jalen Brown push off a little bit? No. Maybe. Not, not well, you're never calling that. Not you're never calling that. I don't want that call against no, me no, or no, for no, me no, in no, the postseason. No. Not if you're actually trying to win something. So, but this one, I'm going to break it down. A lot of people have been talking about Kevin Durant and that back cut to Jason Tatum. Let's break it down. We're going to give a lot of credit to the Boston Celtics. We're also going to talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets defense. Now, freeze. Stop right here. Stop, stop, stop. See, look. So, he cuts off. He takes away the first action. But now, Bruce Brown, you got to go, bro. You got to get all the way out of there because look what happens. They find your man. And because of that, there is three on two on the backside. You got two guys trying to guard. You got uh, two guys, and there's three There's three uh, offensive players. So now that spin layup, Kevin Durant, if he would have taken, see what? Bruce Brown's got to go. He's looking. He's waiting for the fight of the ball. No communication. So two guys go out. And so when you look at that, if you would have put Kevin Durant, if he would have taken Jason Tatum, who was probably the biggest threat, Jalen Brown would have been the most wide open guy in all of basketball. So because of that mistake, it's not so much the helping out on the first action, it's the fact that like when you stop that action, you're looking around. You gotta go. That's communication. And then you can tell Claxton, Claxton, you gotta go. Now Claxton might pump fake, but now you have another defender. Two guys were out and it was just tough. All the things went right for Boston and a lot of things went wrong for the Brooklyn Nets. By the way, Nick Claxton had the best reaction just falling right on his butt. Lines <laughs> there was in, nothing else. There in, was th in despair. Yeah. Just one little glare, one little image I'm always going to remember if we can roll it from, from this last finish is right here. All this chaos is happening. Yeah. Everything's going crazy. Kevin Durant takes one little glance at the time. What a forlorn little glance that turns out to be. And at that moment, what a cut by Jason Tatum. Great cut. The presence of mind to keep going with two and a half seconds left. Not a lot of guys do that. And KD, it's not his fault. It's organized there chaos. Was, there it's was completely crazy. There was three offensive players and only two guys. There was only two guys to guard him. And mostly that issue was because Brown. Not that he stopped the first reaction. That's good. But after that, you can't be waiting for the flight of the pass. That flight of the pass and Claxton's lack of communication on both of their parts, that's what caused that last play. Not cost him the game because it never comes down to the last but play. But that's what He's happens sweating. when I'm sweating. Brown. I was excited. They I got this. I, I'm all black. I, I, my shoes. I felt the court out here. I felt like playoff basketball started. Let's go. <laughs> well, and, and the coffee. And this is the reason, yeah, the, and the coffee. This is the reason, though, right, that basically none of us could pinpoint who is going to win this series because it is literally going to come down to that razor thin of a margin. But can I tell you guys my fear? Tell us what your about fear this? is. And I was telling Zach a little bit before the show. My fear is that the Celtics may have figured something out here. Talk to me. My fear is that everyone's, oh my God, this is going to be a great series. This is just going to be so excellent. And it could be. It very well could be. But also, 
The Celtics, they may have figured something out to the tune of, do you remember what happened? Series one, round one, game one between the Heat and the Bucks last year. It was a great game. Chris Middleton had to hit a buzzer beater, I think 0.5 seconds left on the clock, three-pointer to win that game in overtime. And then I was like, oh my God, this is going to be it. This is going to be epic. This is going to be excellent. And then they folded, like, what would you say, a uh, cheap sheet? That's what you say, perk, for the rest of the series. And so mm -hmm. I see this going, like, one of two ways. Obviously, the Heat didn't have Kevin Durant on their team. So I'm just going to take a step back. With all that said, what did you learn in this game one, Big Perk? You know what? I, I learned how disciplined and how together the Celtics really are. Mm. You know, when you look at them, during that time, the trust that Ime Udoka has to have in that team to tell them just go. Now, I know they only had one time out, but that's trust. To know that his guys are going to make the right play. To know that them, those guys are going to get a good look at the basket. And I think when you look... Look, that play doesn't happen if those guys don't have a certain type of chemistry. And what I saw out of the Celtics on both ends of the floor is that they tied together like shoelaces. And it's a beautiful thing to see along with Jason Tatum taking that leap of being a leader, making guys around him better and playing with that dog mentality and that tenacity as if he's the best player on the floor. Mm. And, and look, like I think Steve Nash and Ime Odoka are both very young coaches in this league. But in that moment, you have to look at it. We can say, oh, good job trusting your team, but that's basketball strategy one-on-one. -on -one. You have to make sure that in case your team misses, mm -hmm. you have a chance, to, especially with if there was 40 seconds, but there was a limited time. So they might have got the stop with four seconds. Now, I'll, I'll switch sides to Steve Nash. In that moment, if you've seen your players go crazy and you can't get a great shot, as a coach, you feel like, hey, maybe with six seconds, I call a timeout because the Brooklyn Nets ended that game with two timeouts. The reason why you call a timeout in that situation, even with five seconds, seconds to go on the shot clock if you're Steve Nash is because then you can get back and set your defense. You can say, timeout, timeout. This is the play we're going to run. Kevin Durant, I want you to shoot it. Uh, Kyrie, I want you to do this. Bruce Brown, Claxton, mm -hmm. get back and set our defense so that we don't have to worry because they're probably going to go quick. So even in that moment, calling a timeout if you're Steve Nash, even if you trust your players, is strategically and statistically the best thing to do because it allows you to communicate to your guys, they're probably going to go, I want to get our defense set. You know what else we were reminded Malika, of Big Perk? Yeah, go Malika ahead. Malika Zach. Yep. For the first time, I actually miss Richard Jefferson. You know why? Because he's he brings up these points, and I'm going to break it down to the world in lamest terms, okay? Steve Nash is just sitting over there not doing anything. Oh, whoa, whoa. Richard was being nice about it. I didn't say No, no, you was being... No, 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 no. You was being nice. I'm going to keep it real. At the end of the day, look, Steve Nash has to put his imprint on this series. He has to make some type of adjustments. It can't just be... We watching KD and Kyrie and Kyrie having to go crazy in the second half and hit those hard, difficult shots to keep them in the game. Like, when you look at the Nets, the difference is, is the discipline. The Nets give up so many transition buckets, and it's not off of turnovers. Mm. Like, you can't be giving up transition buckets off a made shot. That's lack of discipline, and that's lack of respect, in my opinion, and guys not being held accountable on the defensive side of things. Well, you know what else we were reminded of yesterday? We were reminded of a certain philosopher's really poignant words. If you stay petty, 
You don't have to get petty. The Celtics, they... I still don't understand what <laughs> that means. That you don't understand. Like, if you stay ready, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you stay petty, this is what my guy Grady, what up, Grady? He made ESPN. What's up? So basically, they were talking about Robert Williams. Uh, uh, they asked Bruce, Bruce Brown about the Celtics, and he was saying that, oh, Robert Williams, you know, he's out, so we feel like we can attack different guys. Kevin Durant didn't really like that statement, and just to give you an idea of who Boston is as a community, as a fan base, as an organization, they took that quote and they put it up on the big screen yep. so that everyone in that building knew exactly, just in case you missed it, they just wanted to give that energy. That it's wasn't not even an inflammatory that, quote. I understand, it's, but it's a nothing quote. That is, it's nothing. Every fan in that building, they wanted to make sure that the every fan, in case you didn't see the television, in case you didn't Look see that stuff. how long it is. You it know does. it's a nothing quote because they have to put up the whole that paragraph. Is, that is, if, if it was a nothing quote, Kevin Durant said, that's why you don't say blank like that. That's what Kevin Durant okay. said right after. All so right. we can't call it nothing if KD said that. All right. All Speaking right. of KD and the Nets, I want to shift to the other side of the court. Kyrie Irving, Ooh. he was incredible last night. He had Ooh. 39 points, but as expected, he was booed loudly basically every single time he touched the ball. And then Irving said that fans screamed expletives at him too. And then Irving flipped off Celtics fans during Sunday's game one loss. And after the game, he didn't mince his words. Where I'm from, you know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like. But it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan. But, um, you know, when people start yelling and you and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Not that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. It is what it is. I'm not really focused on it. It's fun. You know what I'm saying? And like, like again, this, where I'm from, I, I've dealt with so much. So coming in here, it, you relish it as a competitor. And, and this is, again, uh, you know, I'm going to keep repeating myself when I say again, but this isn't my first time at TD Garden. So what you guys saw and what you guys think is as entertainment or the fans think is entertainment, all is fair in competition, you know? So if some somebody's gonna call me out of my name, I'm gonna look at them straight in the eye and see if they really bout it. Most of the time they're not. All right, so for more on the potential fallout here, welcoming in our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, can we expect any sort of fines or repercussions to come down here? In yes. The <laughs> yes, we, yes, we can absolutely expect uh, a fine today. I did learn something interesting today, I always do. Talking to our front, our front office insider, Bobby Marks, mm. the league could technically fine Kyrie Irving individually for each. So right now, the maximum fine he could get is $50,000. If they wanted to fine him, say, hypothetically, for the one instance of mm -hmm. the middle finger and then another instance of the middle finger and then the postgame comments, they could actually find them some more of an a la carte versus like a combo platter what if, what if you do what <laughs> if you do never, two middle what if you do two at once right. one with each hand that that's, double that's, that's never happened that's okay. never happened no reason to think that's going to be a precedent today but uh when there's more than one potential transgression they could be fined individually but i think what you'll expect is probably that fifty thousand dollar fine and and uh, and they'll move on from there but there could be dis a discussion between the omakase or the a la carte don't ever do that don't ever do that like, what's your reaction to all of this disappointment and it's because Kyrie has seen everything the b word the p word all of these words we have seen since we were in high school we have seen since we were in college and so to sit up there 
and I respect Kyrie and I understand his intensity, but there's kids back there. Now, mind you, that is not your responsibility, but the minute you do that, there are little kids back there that aren't doing anything. Now, while there are fans back there saying these things, that's out of your control. You control what you can control on the court and off the court. So to do that and to have like kids sitting behind you, and you saw in that video, there was a kid's reaction like, oh my God, like we can't meet as players. We can't meet the fans' energy the same way. You saw what Trey Young did in the garden where the whole crowd was doing everything. You know what Trey Young did? Trey Young took a bow. Trey Young took a bow, and Trey Young hasn't even been in the quarter of the situations that Kyrie has been when you're talking about intense basketball. So I understand that this is going to be an emotional situation for Kyrie and even Boston fans, but ultimately Kyrie has to be better. Fans have to be better, but I just implore all players to understand that when you're reacting, you're not just reacting to that fan. You're reacting to the kids, the women, all the men that are sitting around there that are innocent bystanders, and I just don't think that's positive for our league. We're going to see more of this in the league. Nothing to do with, there's a different dynamic with Kyrie Irving in Boston. Mm -hmm. But as gambling becomes more prevalent in the arena, people gambling on almost everything, everything that goes on with a game, and they're drinking, players, organizations, and you talk to them, they already feel it in the arena. And when people are losing money in real time, and they're pointing to a player on the court that said, hey, I bet you to score more points in the second quarter than somebody else, and I lost. You're adding an element to that that we're not talking as much about, but is a real factor in this league. And I think you are going to see more instances of, of fans being even more vitriotic yeah. toward players in this league. And it's an issue they're going to have to deal with, but it comes, I think, with the influx of gambling money. Right. That everyone's going to profit off of both players and the league and the, and the BRI. Yeah. But it's going to impact the way the relationship between fans and players in real time. And I'm going to say this basketball, the beautiful thing about basketball is that our fans are so close, but we have to address that first. We have to address that. All that money that's coming in, let's address that security to keep the fans clean. I was having a conversation with someone this weekend, actually, who said that David Stern, mm -hmm. that proximity, that's what used to keep him awake at night, is mm -hmm. that proximity mm -hmm. between fans and the court. And I don't want to put it all on Kyrie Irving, no, the no, when no. they go low, we go high, but sometimes that that has to be the outlook all right still to come on NBA today we mentioned it earlier Anthony Edwards joins us live how he's feeling up 1-0 plus down 1-0 to the Jazz Mavs fans they need an update on Luka Doncic so we've got the latest on him and other stars and over the weekend the NBA also released its award finalist MVP rookie of the year DPOY we've got them all NBA today continues shortly Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. So 
injuries are the name of the game. They seem to be impacting a lot of our first round series, and that's why we had to be joined by our experts. Ramona Shelburne, Zach Lowe still with us, as well as Woj for a little reporter roundtable, because this is the information that you really cannot get anywhere else. So, Woj, I want to start with you on arguably the biggest star update. What can we expect for Luka Doncic ahead of Game 2? Yeah, all signs point to Luka Doncic missing Game 2 tonight. You know, this left calf strain, if this was the regular season, you'd be looking at a 10 to 14 day wow. probably window of him being out. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to put him out there unless he's 100%. There's too much at risk. I think the expectation is he's going to miss game two unless it was a dramatic change from yesterday to, to today. But the idea is still that they can get him back at some point in this series. I think it's incumbent on Dallas. They've got to find a way to steal one here and extend this series. But I think really the next time you're talking about the possibility of Luka Doncic playing is perhaps Thursday in game three. See how much improvement there is between now and then. He did a little more on the court the last couple days, but he's not out there really moving. It's just more spot shooting, walking around the court and starting to get some movement. But he's not to the point yet where he's running. Well, and that was some of the video that we saw as you were talking. Mm -hmm. Zach, did the Mavs show you anything that makes you believe that they could steal one from the Jazz without Luka Doncic? Yeah, any team can beat any team in one game, and they were close, right? They need Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, I think, dribbled into a lot of tough shots. Credit to the Utah defense for forcing them into a lot of tough floaters. They shot 9 of 32 from 3 as a team. They just need to shoot better. Their role players need to shoot better. But look, Woj talked about them stealing one. That might have been the one yeah. because, to me, Luca, I mean, this is obvious, but he's the difference between the Mavs being my pick to win this series mm. and being favorites and the Mavs being a long shot. That's how good he is. That's how much life, e that's how much easier life is for Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson when he's there. So I, I think the Jazz figured out some stuff offensively in the second half of that game. I think they will play better and shoot better tonight. And if you ask me to pick a winner, I think Utah wins tonight and it's 2-0. And if you're down 2-0, that's tough. With two home games already done. Okay, but last year they lost all their home games to the Clippers and won all their road games. That is but true. <laughs> where was Luka, you know? Yeah. It's sort of like that, that that becomes a thing. And if they had won that game, maybe all of a sudden Luka Doncic <laughs> can take a deep breath and say, okay, I don't need to rush back. Rush back. I do want to switch conferences, mm -hmm. though, Woj. What is the latest that you're hearing on Scotty Barnes with Toronto? Yeah, Scotty Barnes has been ruled out uh, for game two tonight. And I'm told, and, and he said this too yesterday, that you know, it's felt better a little bit, 24 yeah. hours from, listen, Joel Embiid falling, Oof. 280 pounds plus falling on your foot. And listen, oh. he thought it was a much more serious injury. Initially, the MRI was clean. There was no damage. It's going to be sore. So I think the hope is that they can get Scotty Barnes back in this series. But again, like Dallas, can Toronto extend it? We know they'll get back in games three and four and have an advantage there with uh, Matisse Thibel being out because of vaccine mandates. Uh, but I think there's still some optimism they can get Scotty Barnes back in this season, mm. in, in this series, uh, but it's not going to be in game two tonight. We'll see what happens when this series goes back to Toronto later in the week. I want to stick in the east here and go to mm -hmm. Brooklyn and the Celtics. What are you hearing, Ramona, on Ben Simmons? Well, look, th I heard a very important phrase today, mm. pain-free. Oh. That's an important phrase, I think, when you're talking about this back injury. He had the epidural a couple weeks ago. You have to give that some time to work. Now, he hasn't done much, okay? He's, he's ramping up here, but he's going to ramp it up. He's going to do more in practice this week, and then that's each one of those thresholds that you cross, one-on-one, three-on-three. Each one of those is where you evaluate, how do I feel that day? How do I feel the next day? But he's getting closer, and I think the sense is if he comes through this week of practice, there's a chance he plays in this series. One more before I let you all go. I, I told you, we have so so many injury yeah. updates to get to. Clint Capella oh. with the Hawks. What are you hearing there, Woj? Out at least a week. 
They'll reevaluate in seven days. The problem for Atlanta is they could be reevaluating in the offseason. Mm. I mean, they may be headed mm -hmm. possibly for a sweep here. I'm told this is probably a one to two week injury potentially, and it just doesn't seem like. I think given this is, listen, this is a 1-8 series. Miami was dominant in game one. Yes. It doesn't seem like there's a scenario where Clint Capello could be back in time to play, especially if this thing keeps going the way it looks like it will. We're certainly going to be keeping an eye on all of these injuries, and all of the three of you yeah. will be back to keep us abreast of any new updates. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, do not go anywhere, because next we've got Anthony Edwards himself <laughs> live on NBA Today. That's going to be so much fun. Plus, Jordan Poole and the Warriors, they were too much for Nikola Jokic to handle, so who needs to step up for Denver tonight in Game 2 against the Dubs? And our panel can choose only one moment, the single best play from all of the game ones. And no, not everyone can just choose Jason Tatum. Top of the top is next. NBA Today rolls on. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Anthony Edwards is coming, and everybody better pay attention to that. Edwards will fire again and hit again. Nothing can stop me. Whatever my shot is, I like it. Uh, sometimes coach may not like it, but I love my shots. When he's playing basketball at this kind of level, he, he's, he's, he's almost unstoppable. He is unstoppable, actually. Run it up. Anthony Edwards became the third youngest player in NBA playoffs history to record a 35-point game just a few weeks ahead of Magic Johnson. He was just the fourth 20-year-old to accomplish this feat, and then he brought the drip afterwards with that chain. So now we welcome in a veteran of NBA today. He's been on this show a couple of times. We love having him every time his Wolves are up 1-0 on the higher-seeded Grizz. Anthony Edwards, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Of course. All right. We just mentioned it. 1-0 following that win. And, and afterwards, you told reporters that you enjoy playing in, fun, in front of Memphis fans because you get to smack talk. And it's in every age bracket, including the kids. What did you learn about yourself in that type of environment in game one? I ain't never been in that type of environment. So uh, I feel like that brought the best out of me uh, in game one. And I, I'm ready to see what it's going to do for me in game two. Uh, what's going on? Richard Jefferson here. I was sitting courtside calling the game. I watched every second, every point that you scored. I just want to know, where does this confidence and this fluidity in your game, like you said you've never been in a situation like that, but it's like you walk into them like you've been there 10 times, 20 times in your career. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I got the highest confidence in the world, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what I'm doing. So anytime I'm on the floor doing what I love, I feel like nobody can stop me in. I feel like I can get a bucket at any given time or get a stop or a block or anything just to help us win the game. 
Anthony, what's up? Zach Lowe, um, you spent a decent amount of time in game one guarding Ja Morant, which is one of those assignments that the whole arena notices, like, oh, they're guarding each other. Do you like that matchup? And just, you get so much attention for your dunks and your scoring. I'm interested to hear sort of about your growth on defense and if, where you feel you are on that part of the game. Uh, I feel like I'm a great defender. I actually feel like I'm the best uh, defender in the NBA. Uh, you ask me. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. I love it. Yeah, right. I feel like I can guard anybody. Like when it comes to like shooting guards, small fours, point guards, I feel like I can guard anyone. So defensive player of the year for next year, that, that campaign starts right now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, start that now. Okay, we're starting that right here, right now. <laughs> defensive player of the year 2023, Anthony Edwards is coming yeah. for it. Hey, hey, Ant. We had Patrick Beverly on the show recently, and he just said your ceiling is incredibly high. So I want to flip the script here. What is he like in the locker room that allows all of the young folks with you guys to just soar? Man, to be honest, uh, Pat gives everybody confidence, uh, whether it's if you on a bit, wherever you at, wherever you at <laughs> on the floor, like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, he gives you the most confidence in the world. Like, Jaden McDaniels, um, Jalen Noel, Joshua Cole, he give everybody confidence. And me, he just tell me to go out there and just beat me. So I'm already doing that. And with him telling me that I don't do it, I'm giving me even more of an edge. He came on the show in a Versace robe. Um, he said the whole team has one. Uh, do you? Yeah, I definitely got one. Uh, Mine has my name on the back of it. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So, so a little extra. So is it going to say DPOY next year? You're going to get a new one? Yeah, it's gonna say a lot of stuff next year. Sure. Oh, like look what? We yeah. Ant Man. It says Ant Man uh, on the that's back. That's it right there. Yeah, there Ooh. it is. <laughs> what, what are you gonna add to it? What, what's the threads you're adding to it? Oh, like a boxer. Um, whatever, whatever awards I get next year, that's what's gonna be on it. Oh, I like it. It's almost like a Letterman jacket, but it's Versace. Yeah, but it's <laughs> yeah. a Versace robe. Yeah, exactly. Like be. just, just, just a little extra. We, just we, a little bit. <laughs> we've got to ask too about a potential maybe secret weapon in this series. You named your dog. Anthony Edwards Jr., which is just a great name. Love the name. confidence. It's awesome. I, I, you literally talk to your dog on Instagram. It, he helps you train. Well, what's going on here? Um, I mean, he he's the best dog in the world, man. I was Somebody had just asked me, like, what is my dog doing right now? I said, he watching himself, man. He know how to feed himself. He know how to lay himself outside. He, he know how to do everything. So uh, he's my best friend. Uh, he's the best thing that happened to me as far as, like, joining the NBA and like, he always there. Like, if I have a bad game, I go home, and he's going to be the same person no matter what. Oh, okay, so just really quickly, because you said your dog can do everything. Who has more confidence, your dog or you? That's what I just want to know. I know it's kind of who has more confidence. Uh, I think me, because I, I give him the confidence, oh, so he get it from you. So, yeah, I think Pat I got Beverly in the house? You're Pat yeah, I'm the Pat Bev at my career. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to drill in just, just a little bit on your defense. What do you think separates you as a young defender? Because we hear so many young players come into this league and say that they want to hang their hat on the offensive side, on what's, what's glamorous, what's glitzy, what sticks out in highlights. And oftentimes, those defensive plays, they don't make those highlights. Right. Um, I think, like, with me, I'm just – I try to be as physical as I can, mm. um, touch you a lot. Um, and I think uh, the good thing about my defense is I can get over ball screens, like, without getting screens. So the coverage that we're in, we don't need it. So I think that's my best tool on defense, like, to get into your body and make you do something you don't want to do. And we already started the campaign. All right, before we let you go, Anthony Perk. He picked his Grizzlies to win this series in five games. Do you have any message for Big Perk that we can pass along? Um, 
Carry on. With all due respect. With all due with respect. respect carry yeah, with on. all due respect. With all due respect. Carry, carry on. Man. man, we appreciate you joining us. You are welcome appreciate to come it. back anytime. Anytime. We love having you on NBA appreciate today. It. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Still ahead on our show, yeah. we will do our best. The Joker did as much as he possibly could against the Dubs. It wasn't nearly enough. So who needs to step up for Denver? That's coming up next. I love that guy. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Friday night on ESPN, we'll have a couple of NBA playoff game threes for you. First up, the Hawks and Heat at 7 Eastern. Then the Suns take on the Pelicans. Both are available on ESPN Deportes Radio and the app. So game two between the Warriors and Nuggets. That's going down tonight. And there's always something special, right, about playing close to home. And Golden State guard Juan Descano-Anderson, he grew up in Oakland, and so did I. And nowadays, the Bay Area, it's pretty well known in part because of Silicon Valley, but also because the dynasty the Warriors built, and they built it in Oakland. But back when I was growing up, I would say, yeah, I grew up near San Francisco because most folks, they didn't know about Oakland at all. And if they did, it was because of violence or maybe because of drugs. And as Juan Descano-Anderson, he knows it all too well. It's also home to teachers who change lives and hoops that open doors. I was here 20 years ago. This is where I fell in love with the game. This is where I started to envision what I wanted to do with my life. This is exactly where my dream started. Uh, growing up in East Oakland, you ever read that book, Where the Wild Things Are? You got drugs, gangs, violence, amongst many other things. And so it's just kind of, you got to figure out how to maneuver uh, amongst the madness. Juan Toscano Anderson wears 95 on his jersey, a tribute to the street where he grew up. 95th has always been there. This place is everything to me. This neighborhood is going to always be home. I walked past this park every day when I used to go to Stonehurst. I used to walk to school. Stonehurst is a few blocks down. Juan attended Stonehurst Elementary School, which is in deep East Oakland, and one of the children in the school attempted to stab Juan. My mom enrolled me at Montclair Elementary uh, because my aunt was living in the Montclair district, so we used her address. My first teacher at Montclair was Mrs. Addles. Juan was very quiet and sad looking, uh, as a matter of fact, but I, you know, had no reason to know what was going on. I was late to school every day. I knew adults looked at me and said, man, this kid's parents probably don't care about him. That would break me down as a kid, but uh, Ms. Addles never made me feel uncomfortable. My job was to uh, 
have every student that I taught feel that, you know, this is home, this is your, <laughs> this is your family. Ms. Adels said, I noticed that Juan is really happiest when he's playing basketball. Have you ever thought about sending him to a camp? I didn't put two and two together, and I really didn't know uh, Mr. Adels. Wilhelmina Adels is married to Al Adels, a Warriors legend who played 11 years for the team and has been with the organization ever since as a coach, GM, and ambassador. Juan, he had a connection there with the basketball. So I paid for it and sent him to a Warriors camp. I have a ball of fire in me caused from my anger and my frustration with my circumstances. She allowed me to figure out ways to channel this. Juan was a star on the court in high school, eventually moving on to play at Marquette. In 2015, he went undrafted, and his future with the game he loved was uncertain. After graduating Marquette, I didn't have any options to play basketball. And I got a call from the Mexican national team that changed everything for me. Mexico's professional basketball league took notice of Juan's performance with the national team and offered him a chance to start his pro career. He went on to win two championships and an MVP award in three seasons. Then, in 2018, he tried out with the G League Santa Cruz Warriors. I went in there on tryout, and by the end of the G League season, I was starting for them. Toscano Anderson's dunk gives Santa Cruz a lead. After one season, Juan signed a two-way contract with Golden State. And then on May 13th, 2021, his hometown team signed him to a two-year contract, making him a full-time NBA player. What's up, Mom? I just want to tell you that I'm so proud of you, son. I'm so glad that you never gave up. I was crying. <laughs> I was crying. Toscano Anderson, tough finish, precious. It was wonderful to see the Warriors saw what I saw many years ago. Took him five years to get to the NBA. Those days are over. He could say bye to the G League. Hello. Hello. How are you? It's so good to see you. How are you doing? I'm oh, fine, fine. It's so good to see you. And you too. Oh, you, not the little. <laughs> I know, right? The little nappy-headed boy. Now I'm doing better. Oh, wow. Well, you know, um, I have your mug that you signed. You haven't seen it. Oh, wow. Look, look at all look these at names. That. Look at that. Juan Toscano Anderson. Wow, this is crazy. <laughs> you still have this. Of course I do. <laughs> that was 19 years ago. 19 years ago. What, what does it say on the bottom? Thank you, Mrs. Adels. One of you guys may be standing in my shoes one day talking to campers 20 years from now. I walk in the weight room and my picture's up there. You know, I never imagined that. I never imagined playing for the Warriors. It's just a dream come true. It brings tears to my eyes now when I hear Juan talk about uh, the impact that I had on his life. Not only did you change my life, but you changed my mother's life my sister, and my two brothers. And not only that, you've allowed me to become a role model in my community. That's all in a large part due to Ms. Adams. 
special thanks to our producer Susan Ansman and Jess Shobar for bringing that piece to life. Next on NBA Today, though, Chris Paul was excellent in the Suns' Game 1 victory over the Pels. Was he anyone's biggest takeaway from all the Game 1s? Find out after this. Welcome back to NBA Today. So all the game ones from this weekend, we had plenty of amazing plays to cover. So you know we had to do a top of the top. We're going to start with top bucket. Chris Paul, he had himself a night. Richard Jefferson. Look, look, Chris Paul, it just does what he does. He gets to that mid-range, and it just he just goes to work. What do you think, Zach? This game became like a five-minute Chris Paul highlight reel somehow in the fourth quarter. He just did everything. He's been doing that all fourth quarter. You know who else was a highlight reel? Look Jordan Poole. Jordan. He's, be he's become so good. The Warriors are going to have some interesting decisions to make about who starts, who finishes. No, like, they he, don't. He's earned his spot. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> he says, no, uh, uh -huh. all right, top elevation. We're going it. to Memphis. That's where you were this weekend, right? Ooh, when I tell you, look, Memphis Ooh. was rocking, but they were rocked to sleep by this. Memphis's crowd was one of the oh. best that I have seen, but he went oh, up no. to another level, and I won't use it was so quiet you can hear a mouse fart in there, but it was, was. eerily quiet. <laughs> and then Ja, Ja not to be outdone, took it to another level against D'Angelo. It's not the same because, look, D'Angelo Russell, not Jaron Jackson Jr., but when the braids are hitting the rim, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> things are moving for you. Let's things talk a little bit of money, money, money. Hey, top money ball. A lot of players had that. Hey, Atlanta, this ain't the play-in. This ain't the play-in, Atlanta. You guys played great. You took out the Cavs, but this is a different monster. Your intensity. If a guy gets eight threes and he only misses one, and that's all he does, you are not doing. Your job against him is to not let him shoot. He got nine attempts up and made eight of them. He said, let me hear it. Let, let he me hear said, it. let me this hear it. All right, talk fast break to Philadelphia we go. James Harden, who was worried about him in the playoffs again? Look at him thread that needle, Zach. Still not making enough two-point baskets and finishing it through him, but yeah, it's a beautiful pass. And Tyrese Maxey, oh, maybe the star <laughs> of the weekend, knows how to play off those guys. But then there was this. Oh Ooh, my big goodness. body. Tap the backboard. Tap the backboard. A little slap the board. A little let him know. This, that for this, a is, this is the series we need to go seven. We need this to be a seven-game series. It's going to be so exciting. I can't wait. Oh, God, it's so good. All right, still to come, though, on NBA Today, award finalists, they were announced over the weekend, including MVP. So our crew weighs in on who should win. That's when we return in 60 seconds. All right. We're back. Oh, Perk, Hello, wake Perk. up, Perk. Man, Welcome. Stop eating, bro. We had some finalists. Eating time, bro. We had some finalists released this weekend. Big Perk, put him. your sandwich we down call, and pay attention, eating, bro. It's a two-minute break, dude. <laughs> it's not even, honey. It's 60 seconds. All right, let's oh. dive into it. <laughs> like Perk's diving into his snacks right now. All right, MVP finalists were announced. Here they are. Surprising to no one. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who do you got, Zach? My ballot's out. I don't hide. I already wrote my column. I picked, picked Nikola Jokic, and I don't want to relitigate it here because I know you're all just going to yell at me. That's fine. We already did it. We don't need to do it again. Let's do it again. Richard, yell at him. Uh, one of those guys is going to finish on NBA All-Second Team. Is that correct? One of those guys is going to finish? Probably, yes. Probably let a NBA. Sounds like a problem that we should probably fix, so it never, ever happens again. Richard doesn't vote. Big Perk, you do. Who's your MVP? 
I, I took the guy that led the league in scoring this year. I also took the guy that had the most 40 and 10 games in NBA history, and that's Joel Embiid. Mm. Like, just think about it. 50-plus game win season, and he had to go through all the stuff with Ben Simmons in his yeah, superstar Yeah, that's, that's only giving player. credit to Jokic. No, no. That's only giving credit to Jokic about the stuff that he had to deal with. Let's move on to a spicier category. Yeah, We're going to go to Rookie swept. of the Year. Evan Mobley. Scotty Barnes and Cade Cunningham. Zach, coming back to you on this one. What do you think? I was Mobley all season long, about 70 games, and then the last 10 games I flipped to Scotty Barnes because of all the stuff he was doing, particularly when Fred Van Vliet was injured. He does a little bit of everything, so I went Scotty Barnes, and I can't believe he's out after one playoff game. I'm so oh, sad. Oh, oh, because Raptors, if this would have happened 12 games ago, if this would have happened 12, if this would have happened 12 games ago, like it did to Mobley, then it would have switched back to Mobley. That's why you're you such a Cleveland homer. But that's why you don't discredit. That's why you don't discredit. That's why you don't discredit a player. Don't beat your neck. Oh, Mobley. Barnes is second. Barnes is second. Zach's gone. Richard's gone. All right, Perk, who you got? Kate Cunningham. I'm doubling. Sorry, I wasn't I, laughing. Okay, uh, I got Scotty Barnes. I did. I got Scotty Barnes. That's why if you were to redraft, Scotty Barnes wouldn't go over Mobley. Just why saying you that. Pick, why don't you pick him in another play? Redraft. Game. We got to move on here. And this is going to be a fun one because love it's still so wide you, open. Perk, starting with you, Defensive Player of the Year. Who you got? Well, we saw him yesterday in the early game against Kyrie Irving and Kevin, uh, Kevin Durant. I'm going with Marcus Smart. Uh, when you talk about a guy that does it all, defend at the perimeter, could guard multiple positions, uh, could guard on the low post area, guarding the floppy action, taking charges. I mean, it's nothing that Marcus Smart doesn't do. Right. So I got him as my defensive player of the year. Speaking of the low post, who you got? This was a wide open race. I'm fine with any of these guys winning, but I went D, none of the above. I voted Bam out of bio of the Miami Heat, the switchiest big man in the, the league. Worst he bracket. can do everything. Worst? What do you got? Right? <laughs> I'm about Perk. I don't get to pick, but I will go with Marcus Smart. I will go with Marcus Smart. All right, then we're going to stick with Boston and we're going to finish our show here. We have to revisit the Kyrie Irving story want, because Richard's want, out of frame. No way. Yeah, no one, no one wants this. Zach, you have the floor. Your reaction to Kyrie Irving. Well, look, we don't want to, we can't have a league where players are making obscene gestures to the crowd all the uh, time, every time they hear something bad. But we have seen a lot of players now, we, we not, we've seen a lot of players now fire back um, mm. at fans, and Devin Booker did it, KD did it, caught on tape. And I do think, like, I, I liked what Kyrie said about, I, I like to look at them no. in the eye and see if they're really about it, and most of the time they're not, because I bet a lot of these fans, if they saw Kyrie on the street, would want an autograph instead of yelling and screaming. I do think players, there's a line, but I think players should be able to talk back a little bit. Well, like, sit down and shut up should be okay. Yeah, yeah, like, be should be okay. There are historic no, things. MJ was like, hey, is he big enough? Big. Can Listen, I dunk on him? The, at the end of the day, look, at the end of the day, this is the world that we're living in. You should be able to speak your mind. If RJ say something to me crazy, I should be able to say something back to him crazy. Can That's we the world we live in. I mean, Boston we're going to take about no five sense, seconds. Okay? So on behalf of everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll get back into all of this tomorrow.